You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson. The Steelers try to snap their four-game losing streak by welcoming an old friend to Acroshore Stadium. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, who are coming off a win against Atlanta last week, to improve to 3-2. and two. Now, I feel like the sentiment around town as this game leads into uh, before this week even was not the same Buccaneers team as we've seen the past couple years with Tom Brady. Still very good, yeah. but not that juggernaut. I agree. I mean, they certainly could get things figured out. The last two weeks have been better than the first three for them, especially on offense. The defense has been pretty much of a constant. Um, I think Todd Bowles is a really good coach. I, I was lucky enough that when the year I spent with the Browns, he was our defensive back coach, and that was Ben's rookie year. He was an up-and-coming coach at that point and has gone on to great things, of course. But um, very defensive-minded, tough-minded. And between him and Brady, they got great leadership. But they're also... Hanging on for one more year, you know what I mean? Yeah, a little long in the tooth. Yeah, and Gronk's gone, AB's gone. You know, the interior line's totally different. Don't think they fixed their uh, running back depth either. They could have no. shored that up a little bit more. No, Gio that... Bernard going down hurts, but still. Uh, Rashad White's starting to play a little bit more these past two weeks. They're throwing the backs a lot, but um, receiver and O line injuries and change and trades and things have been problematic for them so far. But they could get it right and blow anybody out. No question. Yeah. Uh, they've played at home their past three weeks, but they're perfect on the road so far this year. They won in Dallas and in New Orleans to start the season. 6-3 and three on the road last year and 6-2 and two away from home in 2020. So since Brady's gotten to Tampa Bay, they've been a pretty good team on the road. Sure. Doesn't necessarily bode well for them paying a visit to Acroshore on Sunday. <laughs> right. Before we get into the Tampa Bay defense, let's look at some serious history. These teams have only met on 11 occasions. Pittsburgh Pretty leads. Crazy. Yeah, it really is. Tampa Bay not coming into the league until later, of course. But Pittsburgh leads the series 9-2, including five victories in their most recent six matchups. Tampa Bay got a victory against the Steelers in 2014 and in 1998. And Pittsburgh won the first four matchups, including a 42 to nothing whitewash in yeah. 1976. Don't worry, Tampa Bay. That happened a lot to the Steelers' opponents in that era. Happened uh, a lot to the early-year Buccaneers, too. 0-14 <laughs> in that season in their inaugural NFL campaign. Most recent meeting between these two teams occurred in 2018. The Steelers getting a 30 to 27 win. We all remember Vance McDonald rumbling down the uh, sideline yes, in that yes, game. Yes. I wanted to start with Tampa Bay's defense, Matt, because, I, you know, it's Tom Brady, so he gets mm -hmm. the headlines. But I think this is a team that's carried a little bit by their defense right I now. 
Uh, six is a key number for that defense. They're okay. sixth against the pass, 193 yards per game. They are sixth in points per game allowed at 16.6 per wow, game. Wow, how about that, man? Right. It's all was, over the place for them. Um, I was born on 6'6". Six, six. Oh, my God. This is a little crazy. <laughs> like um, the Antichrist. <laughs> Uh, they have nine takeaways. That's near the top of the NFL. They're yeah. third in sacks with 19 on the season. That's almost four per game. And here's that number again. In total yardage, they're sixth in the NFL. About Pretty 300 good. yards per game allowed. So if I look at one spot where the defense is struggling, though, it's that rush defense allowing 115 yards them. per game. They were world beaters at that just yeah. last year. Uh, that's a Bulls thing. Uh, he, he builds his defense with some serious bulk in the middle of the defensive line namely Vita Vea, but they've had Sue in recent years, and they protect those run-and-hit linebackers really, really well. Uh, White and David, always big power defensive ends, too, like JPP, and mm -hmm. uh, they've been getting pushed around a little bit more in the run game. I'm sure that's making uh, Coach Bowles crazy because that's really the foundation of how they're built is stop the run at all costs, get the third down, and then they're super blitz-heavy, and that's not exactly their formula this year, but like you said, I mean, they're sixth in every, everything. They're doing quite well. They'll, the, they'll be just fine. The only thing that's not towards the top in the league is that run defense. Yeah. I kind of have a feeling that that's going to correct itself more My than it's going to go further south for them. Uh, I don't think the Steelers are going to run for 180. <laughs> the good news is the pass defense has been phenomenal. Uh, last week, just 110 yards allowed passing against the Falcons, and they sacked Marcus Mariota five times. But again, they gave up 151 yards on the ground in that game. I say a lot of that's matchup based because Atlanta plays one way on only, and they lot. just bring up beef and they run and run and run. We mentioned Vita Vea a little bit. That guy is such a stud up front. Is it his problem right now that they're not being able to stop the run, or do you think it's the collective around him isn't as strong as it was? No, I, I, and even watching the tape, it's not like, boy, these guys aren't good against the run. I think it's more of who they've played. Okay. Um, Atlanta in particular. We have a small sample size. Like you said, I think it corrects itself. Vea is as big a problem as ever. Um, he'll often, he'll almost always line up directly over uh, Mason Cole or uh, a shade. Uh, but he can also move a little further outside. I mean, he's a modern-day nose tackle. Like when all the Jordan Davis talk was around here, yeah. that's that's the role model. Big power player that can run. Reminds me of late Haloti Nada. You know, I mean, he, he's not Casey Hampton, Vince Wilfork, phone booth guy, but he can handle that type of thing. And he disrupts the passing game a fair amount as well. I mean, he's a real problem. Depth on the uh, front for them ain't as strong as it has been in the past yeah, either. You point. know, guys like Logan Hill, Patrick O'Connor aren't exactly some of the names that you were used to seeing rotate in mm -hmm. on Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, they do have Carl Nassib lining up at Will Linebacker as a backup, so there's some depth there, but it's uh, not as good as You mentioned as Logan been. Hall. He was their first pick, and he's starting to flash and come around, but you're right, depth isn't where it usually is up front for them. One thing that's phenomenal for them is their inside backers, and that's a matchup that I'm worried about with Kenny Pickett in this game. The chess match between him and a Devin White and Levante David. Yeah. Is it hyperbole to say that that's the best tandem on the inside of a linebacker unit in the NFL? Mm. Buffalo's pretty good. Yes. I mean, yeah, <laughs> oh, we just saw we them. We just saw yeah. them, and they didn't even have one of their guys. It's certainly near the top. Um, I know there's a lot of Devin White, Devin Bush comparisons. Of course, you know there will be for eternity. White is the better player. I'm not denying that one bit. But White's also a little overrated, in my opinion, because really? his his highlight tape is ridiculously good. But he's always been protected by the Veyas and Sues more so than maybe any linebacker in the league. 
And David is the one that serves the drink. I mean, he's the the brains of the operation. I mean, I'd put him behind like Luke Keekley, but not many others of this generation. Wow. I mean, I mean, he he's a total star and has been a huge influence on White as well in a positive way. But you will see, like I mentioned, White's highlight tape. If you put his low light tape on, there's times he runs the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, like, really? <laughs> I mean, he makes up for it with so the guys around speed. him are just a good deodorant, really. Yeah, sometimes. and he's just a remarkable athlete. So his splash plays are incredible. Well, one of those guys around him is Shaq Barrett, who is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You mentioned David stirs the drink. Vea stirs the drink up front. Yeah. Barrett on the outside. You've got guys like Winfield in the secondary. They, they've they got dudes at every single level they do. that are established mm-hmm. fringe Pro Bowl, if not all yeah. pro kind yeah, of yeah, talents. Yeah. And Barrett's one of them as well. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if you saw this note or not, but... Um, they their pass rush, as you mentioned, they've they've accumulated a lot of sacks. They're near the top of the league. Yes, but it's been six different dudes. You know, I mean, it, it, Barrett hasn't been the monster sack guy, but since he's been in Tampa, he's been almost a sack a game type of dude. Little under that, uh, he's certainly a problem. Um, their front seven's real good. Their secondary is quite good. They don't have a lot of household names in the secondary, but it's quite strong. And they got about five guys on defense that just never leave the yeah, field. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that. The secondary almost is always out there. Jamal Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Mike Edwards have missed a total of three plays this year. Yeah. And you can throw Devin White and Levante David in there as well. Because they've missing missed none. three plays. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean just, they made three. It's absurd. Exactly. So those five foundational dudes with a rotation up front has been highly effective. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. And I kind of like the depth that they have in their secondary as opposed yeah. to that they yeah. have in their front where, you know, you got guys like Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal, Sean Murphy bunting, mm-hmm. uh, contributing depth wise. So yeah, good they're point. a deep team on the back end. For they sure. are. They are. Uh, it's a good defense. I mean, I know the, the rushing numbers aren't tremendous, but if you would ask me two weeks ago, who's the best defense in the league, I might have said Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that they have only surrendered 16 points per game, give or take a few. And they gave up 41 just a couple weeks ago to Kansas City. Oh, good point. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. that is skewing it So massively. the other games have been tremendous. It's been right. tremendous for Tampa Bay. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Defensively. Offensively, been a bit of a different story. They're middle of the pack, 337 yards per game. Uh, They are third in passing, though, and they throw the ball on 66.9% of their snaps. Only the Rams throw at a higher percentage. And over the past three weeks, in fact, the Buccaneers are throwing at 77.7%. Of their snaps, it's by far the most in the NFL. Maybe that's just Tom Brady saying our running game doesn't work. I'm just gonna throw the ball. I'm almost certain that they were first in the league in pass attempts last year, and maybe even the year before. Uh, I know coming into this season, the ta- the past two seasons, the Bucks were the only team that threw the football more than the Steelers. And I think you're right. I mean, Brady is looking at the run game, which Fournette had one good game early in the season. Um, but other than that, it was, it was week one. He he has not been a super productive runner, and, and there's a totally rebuilt interior line um, tackle been in and out of the game out of the games as well. So I think Brady's just gotten to the point where, 
I'm going to throw it 52 times a game, and he, he gets the ball out of his hands faster than any quarterback in the league, but still isn't, no offense, Ben, but, you know, right. Dinkin and Duncan last year, I mean, they still drive the ball down the field. They've been throwing the ball to running backs a lot the last couple of weeks as well. I mean, these last two weeks have been a different style of offense than the first three, and I assume that's Tom just saying, yeah, I'll take it from here. I got it. <laughs> you know, hey, right? yeah. Don't worry, Coach Bulls. I'll, yeah. I'll take care of the offensive I got side it, of yeah. things. Right. You know, you've mentioned that 2.4 uh, seconds of average time to throw the ball fastest in the league mm-hmm. and how it's a little bit different from Ben last year. And again, it's not – I don't want this to come across as, you know, oh, bashing Ben or sure, whatever. Sure, sure. But Brady's just a different beast than all of these guys. Oh, yeah. I amazing. feel like he knows who's open – yeah, ninety five percent of the time before the snap. No, hundred percent, and that's not a him versus anybody. It's just him. Being it's just him above everybody else. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's a he's a supercomputer. I mean he really is. Um, I'm almost certain that Ben was the only one that got him out of his hands quicker than Brady last year. But Brady's average depth of target was still like in the top ten. Yes. You know? I mean, so he's attacking downfield while processing at a, at a unique speed. To be very honest. He doesn't take sacks, even though his O-line has been a problem, um, and that's him. I mean, I very much believe sacks are as much a quarterback stat as an offense, of offensive line stat. He knows where the, the things are coming from, and it's hard to get get them on the ground. Well, you're not even allowed to sack him anymore. Well, there's that, too. <laughs> just ask Grady Jarrett. <laughs> right. That was unbelievable. So, I don't he, know he if put He put him down like he was laying him to bed. Right. It was not like a it's, violent, uh, whatever. I know, it kind of offended me as a yes. fan, to be honest with you, and a fan of defense. So I don't know if you bring pressure against them. I mean, clearly the Steelers' pass rush has been problematic lately. I don't know what the best approach is here for the defense. I don't know either. Uh, Brady has a billion stats that are just mind-boggling. Oh, sure. But you got one here for us that I think is amazing. He's thrown 52 passes in each of Tampa Bay's last two games. Mm-hmm. Since 2016, Brady is 5-2 and two when he throws 50-plus passes in a game. That sounds good, right? The- Rest of just wait. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it sounds great after you hear this. Yes. The rest of the NFL quarterbacks are twenty-one, a hundred and five, and four <laughs> during that same stretch when throwing the ball at least fifty times. So there's twenty-one wins between the rest of the NFL quarterbacks since 2016 when they throw the ball fifty times. Brady's got five. Of them. Right, like a I mean, fifth of them are his. Yeah, like, it's kind of like I own about you know. 10% of the Super Bowls as We could well. have done a whole <laughs> advanced scout on these amazing stats for Tom Brady. Like, right. I think he has more fourth-quarter comebacks in the playoffs than most people do in their regular season. I'm careers. sure. It's I'm absurd. Sure. I mean, the, the the lifetime stuff, we don't again, this podcast would go hours and hours, and, and he's, he has the best resume, of course, of any quarterback ever. But, you know, something like that or the stat that we had to throw out there about getting the ball out of his hands but still driving it down the field – I mean, these are new stats. I mean, these aren't yes. you know, from 10 years ago or you know, accumulation stats. Well, I've got some good news for Steelers fans out there. Matt, there's finally a team we are talking about on this Advanced Scout podcast who actually run the ball worse than the Pittsburgh yeah, how about Steelers. That? How about that? 66 yards per game. I mean, the Steelers Brutal. operate at a 20-yard per game better clip than that. It's yeah, unbelievable. Right, right. Second worst in the NFL. The LA Rams are even worse. That's hard to believe. but Their line's a disaster, too. I don't think Tampa Bay as a run first team, and like you said, they've passed the ball more than any team in the they NFL do. last year. This year, it seems to be trending that direction. But they've always run the ball really smartly, really mm-hmm. effectively, and they have not been down towards 66 yards per game. No. I mean, 
it does hurt teams like the Rams and especially the Bucks that you get zero from the running from the quarterback. You know, I mean, in terms of rushing yards <laughs> per game, I mean, you get zero. Hey, he's good for that one every and, year and, for seven know, yards. Ben was like that last year, of course, too. So I mean, that skews some stats compared to the Ravens and you know teams like that. But still, running the football has been a major. It's been the the biggest problem in Tampa Bay this year. He has been getting the running backs involved more in the passing game. Mm-hmm. 104 passes that Brady has thrown over the past two weeks, and 27 of them have gone to running backs. Fournette doesn't really strike me as a catch-the-ball-out-of-the-backfield guy. Is that more of a Rashad White, Keyshawn Vaughn speed? Or, um, I mean, I know Giovanni Bernard. That's his bread and butter if he could ever come back from IR. Yeah, Fournette's caught a lot of balls as a buck. And his last year in Jacksonville, he caught 40 or 50 balls. But he's not like the Patriot receiving backs that Brady used to have, you know, right. James White or Vereen or all those dudes over the years that are really good route runners. Um, they like Fournette a lot because he's been very consistent in, in protection. Um, but they drafted Rashad White because he's a very good receiving back. And now he's a rookie. He's starting to get a little bit bigger role every week. Um, those other guys you mentioned really haven't been in the picture. It's been two guys. The Brady receiving core has a ton of star power on it. If they can stay healthy and stay yeah, on the field. Yeah. Uh, five Tampa Bay receivers have played between 113 and 220 snaps so far. And a total of nine wide receivers through just five weeks have seen the field in the Bucks' offense this year. The big Injuries, dog there, though. Yes. You know, yeah, it's just been a revolving door. The big yeah. dog there is Mike Evans, though. It is. Uh, 15.8 yards per catch in 2022. He runs a 2.26 yard per route. Yes. So every time Yard he goes out to run around, it's run. 2.26, and that's very, very good. Very, very good. Over two is extremely impressive. Like, to give you a uh, – I mean, Chase Claypool's at .86. You know, I mean, Deontay <laughs> and Pickens are like one and a half-ish in that And that's not necessarily bad. No, I mean, one, one and, and a half, half That's ones. okay. No. I mean, Claypool's is bad. Yes. But um, where Evans is at is really high, and he gets downfield. He goes up and brings down touchdowns. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I forget how many years in a row he's had a thousand receiving yards, but I think it's every year he's been in the league. You know, I mean, it's it's a remarkable career, and he's still really good. He has produced at least sixty receiving yards in every game that he has played this year. Uh, looking at Chris Godwin, I think he can not be every bit as good as Evans, but mm-hmm. maybe a step or two behind him. I think he's an upper echelon kind of wide receiver. He is. He is. But I do get a little bit worried that he was injured a lot last year, mm-hmm. dealt with the injury at the beginning of this year. You could start to see a guy, even though he's healthy now, slow down a little bit because of those injuries. It even showed up last week against Atlanta. Uh, he only had two targets in the second half. He played much, much less in the second half because he's coming back from this serious injury, isn't all the way back yet. They're, ra- they're kind of rationing his snaps and his usage when they need him most. Um, he's a... A different kind of slot than Brady had in New England. He's not Welker Edelman, but mm-hmm. he's a big power slot. Really, that's what they'd like Clay- Chase Claypool to be, you know, and right. Godwin's a better version. And Julio Jones, um, I think he's going to make a couple big catches down the stretch this year. I yeah. think he'll flash in a game or two, but he's just old. I mean, he. I think he's just he doesn't run prime. Well anymore. Yeah, right. I've seen it a couple times where Brady's tried to go to him deep. Yeah, I have one seared in my brain from the Dallas game this year in the first week of the season. He had him wide open, hmm. and the ball just bounced like five yards in front of him. And I just think it was because Julio couldn't get there. I mean, I'm trusting that Brady's going to put the ball where Brady wants to put the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think the blame was on Julio there. But I, I think he's an okay number three option. And they were kind of between him and Russell Gage and a little bit of Perryman, they're hoping to get those guys combined to be the number three. You know, and 
Julio is one of those guys that doesn't practice on Wednesdays. He's, you know, he's had yes. you know, foot injuries forever, you know, that he's been fighting. I, I think he's one of the top five receivers to ever play the game, but he's not what he used to be. Cameron Brait, the tight end, uh, trying to replace Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Kate Otten is also someone that will you'll see every once in a while, but Brait didn't play the last week, and Otten played a ton. Those guys aren't Gronk, and I think no, you right, see that right. sometimes when you watch Brady. He goes to Brait sometimes, and Brait doesn't pull down something. You mm. can look at his eyes and be like, I don't think 87 would have had that in his back <laughs> yeah. pocket. I mean, to be very honest, not having Gronk and A.B. in that passing game has been a massive downgrade. Like this, The last year version of A.B. versus this year's version of Julio isn't even close. Gronk, even in his last, you know, on his last legs, is better than what they have. They're a little bit optimistic about this Otten dude, but I mean, he was a third round pick, I think. Um, but rookie tight ends usually take a long time. So uh, with Godwin being out and working himself back, Evans was suspended for a game. Uh, Brady's like a guy short. Let's get to some key matchups before we wrap things up. Our first one, the Buccaneers quarterback, Tom Brady, who we've talked about quite a bit so far, versus the entire Steelers secondary and that's really the way it goes when you're playing Tom Brady, right? Yeah. All hands on deck in that secondary, and you better not be that weakest link because he's going to find it eventually. And the thing that's tough right now is, you know, when we're recording this, it's hard to comment on Steelers' the injuries status, right now. Yes. And that's really where I was going with that is we saw the end of the Bills game. Basically, your entire nickel secondary, your top five guys, Minka was the only one out there, and – He's on the he injury list already. Full strength. Right. Yes. I mean, so you could be down or you're definitely hindered with your top five defensive backs against Tom Brady. I mean, that's that's rough. But maybe the injury stuff goes well this week. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think you want to see number sixteen popping up too often against Tom Brady. No, like I mean, just week. think if you're in Brady's head, he's like, I'll pick on him or I'll pick on him <laughs> or I'll pick on him. You know, the guy that guy everybody hit. watching and covering the Steelers is like, Who is that? Yeah, Brady's gonna definitely look that way and be oh, like, "Oh, yeah. there's my guy." I think he'll watch enough Bills tape to say, "I think there's some guys here I can pick on." And Steelers offensive or Steelers center, excuse me, Mason Cole versus Buccaneers D tackle Vita Vea. I mean, Vita Vea is just a game breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can get a lot of pressure on Kenny just by pushing people back into him. Yeah. He can stuff the running game. Uh, if you can get some push on him, things will open up. You'd assume pretty nicely, but that's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, and. Cole also is on the injury list as as we record this. I mean, I think he'll end up playing. Who knows? But he's not Webby or Pouncy or Dirt Dawson to begin with, but he's been serviceable. Um, I'm pretty sure Tom, Coach Tomlin said, you know, when someone asked him about Vea on Tuesday, he said, well, that's a guy we need to get four hands on every snap. Well, you can see the ripple effect <laughs> when you do that. I mean, guys like White and David benefit. Steelers-Buccaneers at Acroshore Stadium at 1 o'clock. The Steelers need to desperately snap that four-game losing streak in Kenny Pickett's first home start in Pittsburgh. He's Matt Williamson. I'm Tom Offerman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen, and we'll be back again next week with a fresh advanced scout. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.